Radical Dialogue Mistake Makers podcast. This episode, Ryan's not going to be with me as he is working on his new business startup. However, I do have a very special guest with me by the name of Cleo, Cleo Forstetter. She is a writer, author, creative entrepreneur. And there's so much more to her. She can be found on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Cleo Forstetter. If you do find this, no, you definitely will find this useful, helpful, uh, entertaining. So please share, like, catch me, Mistake Makers podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud and YouTube. Okay, yeah, so I've got um, Cleo with me. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, damn. Okay, me, myself. Mm. Um, I am a um, spiritual sociologist. I'm an entrepreneur, creative writer, um, women's... Um, actually, let's erase that. Erase that bit. I'm a woman. <laughs> and I, 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 I do women's liberation on myself and then I share everything I learn. I call myself a student of love and I just learn everything that love slash life has to teach me and then I just share it. Cool. Um, cool. And let that kind of manifest through whatever whatever forms and mediums it wants to be manifested through. Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah, now that sounds interesting, like very interesting and intriguing. Um, let me just like sort of kind of let peeps know how I kind of came into contact with yourself. I'm the social media guy, so I'm always on Twitter. Uh, well, not always, but I'm on Twitter. And this, I think it was like a night time, probably about midnight or something like that. Scrolling through, um, someone had retweeted something that you, uh, like a thread on Twitter, um, that you was talking about um, the experience of your, is it clothing company? Mm-hmm. Um, is it still running? Um, well, it's kind of on hiatus at the moment, mm. so I wrapped it up like uh, not last summer, but the summer before that. Right. Um, but I am going to be bringing it back, sort of under the umbrella of the new brand that it's evolved into. Right. And what's the name of the new brand? Clico. Clico. Yeah. Yeah. So that thread was regarding that journey of running that business mm. um, till it got wrapped up, and it was a very introspective thread. Which just you know, it is. I just had to read it all, and I was like, "Wow, like this this lady is deep, like you know." So I just clicked follow straight away, and since then, that must have been about six, seven months ago. And since then, you know, whenever I catch you on my timeline, I always kind of follow that thread that you might be um, putting out at that point. Um, even personally, I do find that you are definitely a person that shares a lot. Of your knowledge so no no i really sure respect that um so talk about what you've learned from running that clothing company um kind of what i may have read a bit in that thread like how was that journey how did you start that clothing company um okay so i started clay clothing when i was 16 in 2009 so mm. um i finished my gcse's it was like summertime um, 
Oh, I'm gonna get into it. My friend gave me a badge that said, I love your mum. And I thought it was funny, and mm. so I wore it. And then people started trying to take the badge from me, and I was like, no, you're not taking my badge. So I made it into a t-shirt. I just yeah. decided to start printing stuff for myself and printed these t-shirts mm. saying, I love your mum. And I started posting pictures of them on Facebook and people started asking for them. So I was like, cool, I'll like do it using transfer prints and mm. t-shirts and stuff from Primark. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> like doing all this cutting out and ironing on these designs yeah, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think I made like £60 that summer and for me that was like, oh my yeah. God, like this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember actually really clearly I didn't want to turn it into like a brand or anything. I didn't want to do anything with it. Mm. But um, a friend kind of convinced me and from one conversation, um, from it starting off me being like, no, I don't want to turn this into a thing mm. to us being like, okay, Clee Clothing, that's what we'll go with, that's the name. Yeah. Um, and he was like, cool, I'll make you a logo and a Facebook page. And he literally did the next day. Mm. And it was the same logo that I used for the following six years. Right. Um, and so, yeah, put that on Facebook. People started making orders and stuff, and I'd carry on um, making all the stuff. I had, like, a workshop going on in my kitchen, and mm. mum was helping. Yeah. My friends were helping. Like, everyone was helping. Yeah. Making every kind of business mistake. Like, people would make an order, and I would make the clothes before they'd paid for to it. And then I'd have to be chasing them down and stuff. I had so much stuff that I made for people that they didn't pick up and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, so two weeks after I started that, I started college. Mm. Um, I started college in a different area of London to the area that I'd been in before, and I only knew like two people mm. who were there. Um, and so, as soon as I started, I was kind of like, I was Klee Clothing, like I was the girl with the clothing line, basically. Mm. Same time, social media stuff started kind of, like Twitter and stuff started being something that I was getting into. And my, my online identity was all about Klee Clothing. Mm. And my in-person identity was also all about Klee Clothing. Yeah. So I'd meet people and because I was doing my, I was doing like four A-levels that I then dropped to make three A-levels at the same time that I was trying to run this business by myself. Mm. Um, I was just like, I was just kind of working a lot. So it'd be like, I'd stay up all night working on something to do with the clothing line. Like just, I wasn't studying business or fashion. Mm. I was studying psychology, philosophy, graphics, and biology. I had to drop biology, so that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was doing that, um, and at the same time, trying to run this clothing line, mm. making everything up as I went along. Literally, the first order that I made, I still have stock left over from the first order wow. that I made. I saved up like 700 pounds from doing the iron-on prints for people, yeah. and um, decided, okay, so the most popular ones, I'm gonna get those done. I got every size, I got every colour, I was like stocked out. Yeah. <laughs> I had so much stock. Um, and so I was just trying to sell that stuff, trying to figure out how to make a website and then doing all these like, just hustling, I was really yeah. just hustling. Mm. Um, and at the same time, trying to build this identity of the brand and mm. turn it being 16 at the same time. So like going through that finding self kind mm. of stage at the same yeah. time where my identities got completely attached to this clothing line. Like yeah. I was not really, everyone in college would kind of know me as Klee Clothing. Like I was Klee Clothing, that's yeah. who I was. Um, and so when I got to 18, I was like sick of those designs that I'd done when I was 16. And I was like embarrassed by mm -hmm. I Love Your Mum t-shirts and I couldn't explain them, but I still had so much stock left over. Yeah. And I felt like I'd invested so much into this thing that I felt like was my baby and I was like, but I had to really admit to myself that I was so unhappy. Like I was mm. so unhappy. I'd be like 
staying up all night, working on the clothing and stuff, and then coming to college and falling asleep in class mm. and stuff like every day. Not because I was partying, not because I was yeah. enjoying my life, working. but because I was working by myself. Yeah. Like constantly, like, and to be honest, I was probably depressed on some level. Like mm. I was really not, but I, it was, I was so used to it that yeah. it was just like, and because no one else was setting it for me, it was like, I want to do these things for myself. And there was mm. a lot of stuff like, um, and I would go to these like business seminars and stuff and the advice and stuff would always just not resonate with me. It would be like, you need to try and, um, you need to sell a brand, you need to sell a lifestyle, you need to sell an identity, you need to sell like, you have to act like everything's exclusive, you have to act like everything's selling out and stuff. Mm. And it was all this thing about presenting yourself as if everything's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And I found a lot of like mirrors between that, the advice I was getting about business as well as just the way that social media was used in general, like mm. presenting this perfect image of yourself and really hoping that everyone will validate you, yeah. basically, and really feeling like you, you are striving to get likes and you are striving to get like mm. followers and stuff like that. And um, that shit is painful, man. Mm. That shit is painful. And um, so, yeah, I got to a point where I realised that like, it didn't resonate with me to try and do the business like that and I had to I had to change something and mm. um, so I started writing out how I felt at that time and I realized that what I really wanted to do was just express myself I was reflecting on everything I learned mm. during that time and there were a lot of sacrifices that I made like I wasn't seeing um, friends much and mm. like I was just prioritizing this striving yeah. over my health and my friendships and mm. just my mental health and just everything mm. and over my studies and everything did, um, your, did your studies suffer in the end, like when it was exam time, A-levels, did you um, get good grades? Or? I got amazing grades because right. I'm just phenomenally intelligent. Like, <laughs> for my, um, my A-level psychology exams, yeah, I yeah. got 100% in like all of them. Mm. But I... Excellent. And I did, I did work, but then like my philosophy was like less good because that was, you needed to like, I just ended up not doing any of the reading for that. So it was like I... I don't know. Mm. I've just I'm able to do well. Like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like I completely put it to the yeah, side, yeah, but it yeah. definitely wasn't priority. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. but at least you made it. At least you did it. Yeah, I made it. I won it. <laughs> I bloody won. So um I realised that I wanted to express myself. I wasn't ready to give up the brand mm. but I needed to do it use it for a more honest purpose because mm. I realised that I hadn't the brand wasn't about anything, it didn't mean anything. There was a random logo, random designs, and it was all a bit like, why am I even doing this? So I decided, okay, I'm feeling a lot of stuff. I'm feeling lost right now. And apparently you're not meant to express that you feel lost. Mm. Apparently you're meant to present that you've got everything together. Yeah. I don't have everything together. Apparently that's bad for business, but mm. what am I supposed to do? That is the truth of me. So I decided I'm just gonna express how I felt and I'm gonna use the brand to be the medium that I use for my expression. Mm. Um, so I broke it down into three stages. I identified that at that point in time where I was, was lost. I identified the next stage needed to be trust. Mm. And then the final stage would need to be unrestricted. Mm. Um, I didn't even really understand what that meant at the time, but now that means everything to me. Right. So it's like, I can see how I've been designing my life through my, my creativity and allowing that to just kind of express itself through mm. what I've been doing. Mm. So. 
I literally feel like me as like an eight-year-old must have come back to me as an 18-year-old mm. and been like, okay, look, lost, trust, unrestricted. These are the stages, okay? These are the steps. If you're lost, trust. The final destination is freedom. And um, so I got to a point where, yeah, I was relaunching the brand. Yeah. Um, the logo what, was what a What year is this? 11, this is 2012. Yeah. Okay. So I did my relaunch event. It called it the Rebirth. My logo that had just randomly been designed by mm. this guy on that day was a phoenix that hadn't met, meant anything to this point. Mm. Do you know what a phoenix does? Uh, rise again. It sets itself on fire yeah. and it rises again from the ashes of its former self. Mm. And that's exactly what it did. So it was like, okay, Klee Clovin was like, that's what it was. Now it needs to set itself alight mm. so that it can be born again through those same ashes. So yeah. then that became the rebirth, that, that became the next brand, mm. the next kind of stage of this brand. Um, then fast forward, I was doing a bunch of stuff. So I like started a YouTube channel where I learned to like film and edit on a basic level yeah. um, to promote the clothing line. So while I was running the clothing line, I would do music events. Like my first event in 2012 was in Richmond in Shoreditch. Mm, yeah. And I had Shaka perform. Wow. I had George Pert perform. I had Jamie Howard perform. I had T.E., I don't know if you know T.E., yeah. Pepstar. Yeah, 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 um, Pep, yeah. I've had him at one of my events as well. Anyway, in 2012, yeah. Visionary. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> visionary. yeah. That was before this they all kind of... None of them had blown yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. It, the venue was packed out. Wow. It was amazing. And that was my first event and I was just there. I remember standing on stage and being like, I don't know who you people are. <laughs> like, I don't have friends. <laughs> and then my friends were shouting at me like, why are you saying you don't have friends for? Like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... I did a lot of events after that. Mm. Um, and what, what was the name of the events? Different, so that was called the Rebirth. Okay. Um, other ones were like stage one, stage two, and then the unrestricted ones, and then I had like a tea party, um, barbecue thing, oh, okay. pop-up shops, and yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Cool, cool, um, cool. Yeah, so I was basically using music Mm. as a way of music and events as a way of promoting the clothing line so after doing the brand for like six years I mm. knew I know no one in the fashion industry whatsoever and lots of people in music so mm. it's just like this is interesting all of my closest friends also just happen to be musicians right. interesting yeah. um, anyway so two years after college I took two years out of education after college decided mm. not to go uni and just work on the brand um, then I started uni at Warwick uh, two years later. So what year was that? I don't know, three years ago now, four years ago. 2013. 2013 I started, yeah, thank you. So um, I started uni. Um, also when I started there, it was also a thing where it was like, I was back and forth all the time because I was, when people start uni, there tends to be this like, uni experience, I'm a fresher, whatever, whatever. Mm. But I was like two years older than most of the people who had started. And I had my brand that was still running from London. Mm. So I was like back and forth in all the time. And again, same like college, I wasn't really about. Yeah. So I was much more focused on my education and then doing my shit than um, a lot of other people, which mm. I realized in retrospect was kind of a way of me avoiding connecting with people. Mm. Um, first year I did all right. Second year, um, I then that summer I had a, five year anniversary for Clee Clothing. I did a pop-up shop in 
Old Street. Um, that was like the same week that I had exams, so I was like going back and forth, and that was crazy as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so then when I ba went back to uni, I didn't, after the five year anniversary, I had had no more plans after that point because I'd also just moved the brand to ASOS Marketplace mm. and I dropped a couple more t shirt designs, still doing everything by myself. Mm. Um, and so I hadn't made any plans beyond that, like yeah. do the event that I put together in like two weeks as well. Mm. Um, and do the event and drop the, um, the new designs. Yeah. Um, and as soon as that was done, which was all kind of complete about one month after I started uni again, mm. I hadn't made any more plans because I was in uni now. Yeah. And so I was just, I felt like I'd been running, 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 running. And I suddenly reached a cliff edge and was like, wow, what next? Yeah. And I started, my mind started going crazy about like, okay, what do I actually want to do? And I was like, oh, I want to learn Chinese. I want to do this. I want to do this. And just overwhelming myself with all the shit I want to mm. do. Um, started to started a real deep time of introspection at that point in time, which is where my book was born, from that time of introspection. Um, and that and, was... And, and the book you're still writing? Or no, finished? the book's written. It's written. Um, yeah, and will be out soon. Are you allowed to say the title? Numa. Numa? Yeah, it's the letters of human mixed up. Yeah, so that's... I started... Um, so there were a few things that were happening at this time. Yeah. Firstly, I was feeling like, okay, I'm lost, so I need to trust. And so I started exploring these feelings visually and like, what do they look like, what do they feel like? And it felt like a feeling of sort of drowning and I was trying to, so I was seeing that there's like a water theme. Mm. Maybe I should put my phone on so I don't know. Um, um, are you expecting a call? <laughs> no, but someone might love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps not. Right. Um, so there was this feeling that I was experiencing, which was a feeling of drowning. Um, and so I was exploring that visually mm. and I started exploring lots of different design ideas to do with water and I was experimenting for like six weeks and yeah. I'd never done that before like before any designs I put out it would be like I'd make three designs yeah. I'd try three designs and at least two of them I would just go with yeah. and then within a month they would be out sort of thing so mm. there was no like seasons and like doing mm. the whole thing with the designs and stuff I was very like yeah. just okay here's the design I like this I'm going with this mm. so I was I was designing stuff for like six weeks and I couldn't nothing came at all like nothing mm. and that never happened before even though the concept was so vivid for me like I even bought a I even um went to like Croydon and collected a fish tank and yeah. filled it with water and then dropped like ink into it and took pictures and filmed it and stuff yeah. like I was I was trying loads of different things to come up with designs and stuff and mm. just nothing nothing came same time I was um I was studying sociology in it, so I'm learning about society on such deeper levels than I've ever looked at before mm. and how things affect people and it's just really opening my heart in a lot of ways to like the way that the world functions mm. um, or like the way that the systems that we're living under currently function. Mm. And um, so I was watching a documentary that was about the fashion industry and the um, garment production industry and like mm. just like all of that and watching it just hurt my heart so much mm. and I was like, I had to really look at myself and like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, so at that point in time, I, I realized that it was clear that the reason I was doing the brand was to express myself, but it didn't have to be done through clothes. Mm. It didn't have to be done through brand new clothes when the world has enough brand new clothes. Mm. Like the world has more than enough clothes for yeah. like, do I really need to be, to that's to that. not really my drive. Yeah. So must that continue to be my vehicle basically? Mm. Yeah. 
bars. Um, And but so that was another that was another like rebirthing phase where I had to really set myself on fire and let myself die because at that point I was still attached so attached to this clique clothing identity and so that was a period of me like kind of taking off this clique clothing jacket that got too small for me Mm. and to look at it and be like you've served your purpose Mm. in my life of helping me grow reflect and express but now I'm I'm bigger now so mm. this relationship has to change and your existence as an expression of me also needs to change mm. and understanding that it's like yeah I built this business and there's a lot of things that I'm really proud of about it and I, I love it and I'm I think I think it's amazing mm. um, but I built it it didn't build me mm-hmm. and so I can still take everything from that that I put in that that was beautiful and yeah. plant those seeds into other gardens mm. and let them be even more fruitful yeah um, so I don't need to be attached to this form if this no longer serves me, basically, which mm. was um, a difficult thing to do. But at the same time, as I was doing that, I just started writing notes on my phone. On and your phone? Yeah, I just started writing not, notes. Not like in a journal, diary, no. pen to paper? I was so against writing at that time. Like Even my oh. essays up to that point were so dead. Because yeah. I just, I, I always used to say, me and words, we just don't get along. Right. And... Um, but I just started writing notes on my phone because they just things just like come in that I had to just get down to understand like who am I mm. and stuff like this and a lot of different stuff was going around and those notes on my phone I ended up sh- putting into a book in right. April that year yeah um yeah. so that's two years ago mm. and I got 100 copies printed and I started giving them away and um that's the second edition of that book is my book Numa that's coming out so it's literally just those raw notes yeah totally unedited that no one was supposed to see but because of that they were just it's human yeah that's why it's called Numa okay because it's just like this was my experience of being human and I'm not trying to make it pretty and I'm not trying to make it nice and I'm not trying to turn it into poetry it is poetry it is perfect yeah Yeah. um and so yeah that was that Mm. uh then I so at that point I knew that I was dropping Glee Clothing but I also had so many um, essays and so many um, exams and stuff like that. Mm. So I was just like, cool, I'm, I'm just going to take it offline. I'm going to put it on pause for a couple of months and I'm going to trust that it will work itself out. I knew at that point that it wasn't going to come to an end. Like, Klee Clothing would, would, in its current form, would die. Mm. But I knew it wasn't the end. Um, but I didn't know what it was going to turn into. I, I knew it was going to be something to do with music just because of the fact that all of my friends were musicians and I wanted to invest myself mm. in their careers and I loved doing that. And yeah. And so, yeah, then I did like a three month sort of wrap up period of Bye Bye Key Clothing and did like a pop up shop in Carnaby Street that was just manifested beautifully. Yeah. Pop up shop in and two events in Waterloo within the space of like a week, which is mad. Um, and then, yeah, just was like, cool, wrapping up the brand then, I guess, even though I still had so much stuff left. Mm-hmm. But I was like, cool, I guess it's done. And then Clico started kind of forming and manifesting and I started developing the ideas more and stuff. And I realised that what Clico would be is a creative agency that works with music artists Mm. to develop projects around them that are based on who they are as people Mm. rather than as templates of what an artist is supposed to be, Mm. basically, which is what the industry tends to do. Um, And it's just based on all of the things that I've learnt that like people, about real connection, about like the reason why people connected with my brand was because I was being myself mm. and I was expressing myself honestly through those things. And mm. so the people who wanted to buy stuff, they didn't buy it because it was like, oh, Rihanna was wearing it. Mm. They bought it because something about what I put into that spoke to them. And yeah. it was because I was raw and I was honest and I was human. And I was just mm. like, 
I'm just a human. Yeah. And people are like, I see you human. I'm human too. Yeah. <laughs> Basically what you was putting out resonated with Exactly. People. Exactly. It's all about the resonance of it. Because of the purity of the vibration, because the that which I was putting out was coming from a place of just love. Mm. Of like mm. I'm I'm doing this to accept myself, to grow in myself, to with only the purest intention. So mm. it's like a lot of what didn't resonate with me about business stuff was it was it all felt like it was about manipulating people into mm. buying stuff and I was like, but I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to I just want people to buy things because they like it. Yeah. Not yeah. because I've had to manipulate them into doing it. Yeah. And um You've touched on something there where going back to sort of uh, one of the words you describe yourself as, as an entrepreneur. So the classic kind of view of an entrepreneur is someone that wants to make money, you know, starts a business, wants to make money, yeah. does make money. Yeah. But you're also very spiritual. Yeah. I've um, been purifying my relationship with money a lot because at that yeah. time, at that time, um, I, I still had some kind of programming about money being um, like less less holy than um, or less pure than my intentions were. Yeah. And I was at the same time I was learning a lot of stuff about capitalism because I was doing sociology. So I was seeing about racism and classism and history and patriarchy and all of this stuff and it was like a lot of painful stuff and seeing how money was so intricately tied into people's suffering and it was like that really was difficult for me to like um kind of understand yeah. and see my role in now i'm at a place where i feel like i've purified my heart and i've cleaned my hands enough for me to feel like money should flow abundantly to my hands because they're better off in my hands than in the hands of people who don't care about child slavery. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, the money should be in my hands because I know what my intentions are for using this money and my mm. intentions for using this money is building heaven on earth. Mm. And so I should be having billions and that was not something that I could ever have said a couple of years ago. How did, what kind of work, introspective work, did you do or go through for that sort of mental transition towards money because like even myself um i don't know whether it's more uh, the, the the home i'm from or and the experiences that we 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 had as a family mm -hmm. a lot of poverty and all the rest of it a lot of superstition as well mm -hmm. um just attached to all of that where it wasn't until i'd say i read a book think and grow rich where I suddenly was like no it's okay it's okay for me to let's say want to be successful yeah. become a millionaire yeah it's okay but prior to that it wasn't okay yeah it was just okay to work and just make enough money yeah so what work did you go through inside um, to release that it's been it's been a lot of um, I would call it shadow work of really looking inside and seeing like being really honest about with myself about what it is that I want um, and like what I want is to play a role in bringing an end to suffering on this planet mm. that's what I want that's what I want to be used for that's what I want my life to be used for um, that's what I want every single action in my life to be used for. That's what I want my breath to be used for. That's what I want my words to be used for. Every step I take, that's what I want it to be used for. Mm. 
and I don't have a plan of how that will work. I, if I had to sit down and try and schedule and calculate in my brain about how are we going to remove suffering from this planet, <laughs> that would fail <laughs> massively. So it's really been a process for me of like surrendering to the infinite intelligence that is within me and really surrendering all my goals and really surrendering all my agendas like all my plans just everything that i thought i was living for and just deciding like i will not value what is valueless i will not value that which is not eternal i will not value that which is that will disintegrate like my body will when this lifetime is over um and so just getting so much clearer on who I am and why I exist mm. purified my relationship with a lot of things because um, the what it showed me was that I wasn't able to I wasn't really willing and able to accept love for myself I wasn't willing to accept um, joy for myself mm. pleasure for myself for me to experience my own desires I had shame around having my own desires like getting really clear on like, yeah, I want to um, be able to have the freedom to travel. Mm. I want to be able to have the freedom to, I want to be able to go to school. Like I want to be able to have the freedom, freedom to not live a life of service, but not a life of self-sacrifice. Mm. Like the sacrifices have already been made. It's already done. Like it's already patterned. Like all the universe in the, all the, sorry, abundance in the universe is already available to us here and now. Mm. There's no striving that needs to be done for it, it's just accepting that which is already there for us, mm. which means that releasing judgments and shame attached to what we want and mm. the, the judgments that we've held against people who have the things that we want that we didn't mm. allow ourselves to want. Yeah. So that's why that woman on the bus was so unhappy with my happiness mm. because she just, she really wants to be happy. Mm. Um, and she saw it in you? And she saw it in me and it upset her. She mm. felt like she was being attacked by that because she was in a, she was just in that place where it's like on an energetic level, everything that you give, you will receive. Everything that you give, you will receive. And mm. so if you're giving judgment towards um, people who have money, you are carrying that burden and yeah. you are restricting how much you're allowing yourself to receive. Mm. If you're um, if you're judging, like for me, one thing I've been unlearning about stuff to do with like sexuality and sexual expression and sexual expression and just being um, a woman. Mm. Um, and all the like shame that's been attached to that related to our hoism, yeah, basically. Yeah. And the, this idea that there's a nice kind of girl and then there's a bad kind of girl yeah. and I was like I must be in the nice team and it's like uh you can't win yeah you can't win if you're, you're repressing yourself yeah if, exactly if you're you trying win. to conform to exactly. an idea and we are all dark and light we are all we are all everything mm. so anything that we're judging is a part of ourselves that we're judging and so then we limit our expression of our fullest mm. selves yeah. and I'm just not on that I'm not on mm. that at all and it's I also understand that it's like so much bigger than me, which is why I feel like everything was so difficult for me business-wise in the past. Like everything was felt so hard. I was like struggling. I felt like I was trying to push a car up a hill. Like it was mm. difficult. Um, and what was hard? Trying to get people to care, trying to get it to work. Trying, it was like nothing felt so, smooth. Everything so felt people like might call that marketing. Yeah. Marketing was hard. Like marketing. if we're going to 
go yeah, back to yeah, that marketing sales typical, yeah. all of it was hard right. all of it was hard because i was trying to do everything firstly yeah. and second of all i didn't understand why i was doing it i was doing mm. it because i was like i just wasn't clear on why i was doing it mm. i was unclear on why i was doing it and so now where i'm at with things is like I'm at a stage now where I'm trying to design all of my life based on all I actually want, knowing that the universe is completely abundant. Mm. So it's like, I'm not a slave to a business I create. Like that business is gonna be designed to allow me to be the fullest expression of myself and not have to compromise myself because of some rules that I've been taught about how to make something work. Mm. Because I understand that the reason why I'm doing everything I'm doing is so much bigger than me that it's like I don't see it as my business mm. anymore before everything was my business I made everything my burden mm. I was following my own plans I wasn't looking for guidance I was yeah. just like I was just trying to what I was doing I'm clear on what I was doing now and it was <laughs> I got this download not that long ago that was like I say download of like spirit download I just get right. like a little yeah. beep piece okay. of knowledge and I'm like oh shit it hurts it makes you look at yourself <laughs> yeah, like, wow. yeah yeah um so I got one that was like your to-do list makes you feel wanted your tasks make you feel needed mm. and it was like wow so I've been making myself this busy all the time just because I haven't believed that everything I need will be provided for me so I believe that I have to struggle for what I need. So I struggle and in that struggling conveniently, I don't have the time to really connect with people. Mm. And I don't really have the time to be supported with people or really support people. So I am then carrying this idea that I'm not present for people enough. I'm not a good enough friend. I'm not a good enough daughter. I'm not a good enough sister. Um, and it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you're not because you're sacrificing who you are. And mm. if you were being who you, who you are to the fullest, um, and not restricting it because you feel like there are things that you have to do yeah. because you don't believe that you're going to be provided for mm. then you're limiting everything that you are mm. and you're just carrying so many burdens that don't need to be carried like now I'm just seeing that there are no burdens there are no burdens for me to carry because the, like I said the reason why I'm doing the business that I'm doing is so that is so that it can contribute to the end of suffering on the planet yeah and that's a plan much bigger than anything i could try and calculate so mm. i'm not trying to calculate it so um in you know like previous like episodes me and ryan have spoke about like routines and stuff and to-do mm -hmm. lists and stuff mm -hmm. let's say coming into this year did you have like goals okay this is interesting because what, where I feel like I'm at at the moment is a place where I am seeing a lot of things in how my inner being mm -hmm. is not in alignment with my outer life, my outer reality, my mm -hmm. daily routines, the way that I live. Mm -hmm. um, and that my inner being isn't scared of time running out. Mm. and my inner being so that means my inner being can be relaxed and it can be joyful and it can be playful because it doesn't have to it doesn't have the world on its shoulders mm. because it's just free yeah. and I've not lived like that ever before and so the programming that I've been running on has just been very faulty um, which has served its purpose to get me to this point but I'm here now mm. and now I'm here um, I I'm at this stage of unrestricted now. I'm at this stage of understanding that freedom is available to me now. Mm. So now my priority is freedom. So that means what I was 
I was struggling with it so much at the beginning of the year, I'd like put something on my to-do list and then suddenly that one thing becomes 10 things and suddenly all I want to do is just spend all day working. It's like, oh, you lost balance again. So where I'm at now is I'm about to move into this artist warehouse in Clapton and um, I'm going to be moving in with, well, two of my friends already live there and we are working on projects together already. Um, so we're going to be developing these like 21 day challenges for ourselves mm. um, to develop routines for ourselves, basically to really design our lives. Mm. Um, so it's amazing. So understanding what the priorities are for our lives. So my priority for my life is to be a strong and reliable vessel for the creator of the universe to work through me. I, and I want to have inner peace. Mm and everything else will flow naturally from that point. Yeah. So what are the things that I need in my life? What are the routines that I need? So it's basically, the way I'm seeing it is it's like parenting your inner child. Mm. So it's like you allow a child to play, to raise a child healthily, you allow them to play, you allow them to express their creativity, but um, you, don't, you don't trust them to just figure out what they're gonna eat and when they're gonna eat it. You feed them what they need at, at regular times so yeah. that their eating is healthy. Mm. You make them sleep and wake up at regular times so that their routine is um, healthy. Yeah. You just do things out of care for them that's for their health that they might try and avoid. Mm. Um, so those are the things I'm trying to do for myself. So it's like, okay, in this 21 day challenge, what are we going to be eating that's good for our health? Mm. What's our schedule going to be in terms of our spiritual practice and our meditation? What's our schedule going to be in terms of our sleeping and our waking and our exercise? Mm. And then aside from that, we can play. And this is a thing of also looking at things in terms of the external. There are two realms. There's the realm of cause and there's the realm of effect. Mm. The realm of effect is the realm that we live in, that we experience life in. It's the manifested reality. It's yeah. the physical realm. Mm. Um, but that is the realm of effect. It's not the realm of cause. The realm of cause is the realm of thought. Mm. Um, and so the realm of cause is the internal realm yeah. and that manifests externally. Mm. So what a lot of times when you don't have an awareness of this, which is why everything was so difficult for me because I had no awareness of that. So I was outside trying to manipulate all the external realities and struggling and struggling and struggling mm. rather than realizing that it comes from within first. Yeah. So it's like internal balance will manifest itself as external balance. Mm. And you can also use the way you interact with the external world to balance yourself internally. Mm. So, um, in terms of masculine and feminine energies, we all have masculine and feminine energies within us yeah. and they have different qualities and they have different patterns and they have different ways that they've been used collectively in terms of society, mm. um, globally, and also in terms of ourselves and our ancestry and our heritage and our lineage and stuff, we carry certain imprints mm. of our masculine and feminine energies and how they interact. Yeah. Um, and on a kind of global level, I feel like, at least in the, yeah, I'd say on a global level, um, masculine energy, which is the, um, energy of action, it's the energy of structure, it's the energy of um, manifested, mm. um, whereas the feminine is the receptive energy, it's the, um, it's the taking in, it's the non-linear, it's the connected to source basically, mm. the bringer of life, it's um, that creation It's, it's, it's like the software internal. in the computer <laughs> and mm. the hardware is that shell, the typewriter, everything, keyboard yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
So the external world, we can see that the masculine energy has been um, been very much put to work. Like we live in a very much like a, like a military industrial industrial society where the um, masculine energy goes hard. Mm. The masculine energy goes hard, but it's unbalanced because it's not there to protect the feminine. Mm. Um, the feminine is also represented by the Mother Earth and you can see the Mother Earth is not being protected in any kind of way so masculine energy is putting in work but it's exhausting itself because it's exhausting that which it comes from it's exhausting its home, it's exhausting itself, it's exhausting its entire being mm. um, and so it's just, it's out of balance mm. um, and so my masculine energy is always wanting to go out of balance and is always wanting to like within me to kind of come on this vibe of um, you're running out of time, you're running out of time, you need to do this, this, this today, you need to do this, 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 trying to like, and always telling me that I'm not doing enough and that I should be doing more and stuff. And um, what I'm realizing is that my masculine energy just needs to be applied, but applied to support my feminine energy, my receptive energy. Um, so that means creating a routine where um, I, I'm, creating a schedule for myself, 21 days, habit building, you will sleep at this time, you will eat this at this time, you will wake at this time, you will do this much exercise every single day, you will do these things. Yeah. As much as my ego might want to run away from doing those things, my masculine energy then has a job to do and mm. it fulfills its job in protecting the feminine, creating what it wants, mm. um, creating, um, creating structure yeah. for my soul to flourish mm. and in doing that that's balancing my internal energies mm. and through my internal energies being balanced that makes me a clear vessel mm. for manifestation to just come to me easily which mm. means I don't have to go outside and strive mm. for all the things that I want it means I don't have to worry about how am I going to get paid £10 an hour because I'm filling up on my inner wealth mm. and so the realm of the realm of effect will naturally have to manifest that which is on the realm of cause and if mm. on the realm of cause I'm balanced and I am affirming that I am wealth itself mm. I am in the I am in the top 1% already mm. because I know who I am yeah. and I have my freedom of mind I am rich mm. I am rich and I am loved and I am abundantly blessed and yeah. everything I need comes to me I am magic I hear that I hear that so um, <laughs> so in, in, in yeah you're about to do the 21 yeah so, so currently, yeah. do you currently like what does your day look I don't like? have days. You don't have like, like a I, set time you wake up, no, 4 a.m. and then you get to work by 5. What I've been doing is I've been freeing myself. I've been mm. freeing myself and unlearning all of these, um, unlearning all of these things that I've been taught about there being a lack of time and stuff. So I just yeah, got yeah. back from Guatemala and Belize. I was away in Central America for a month. Mm. Um, and that was like and while I was there I did pretty much no work whatsoever but it's also I'm trying to unlearn the no I am unlearning the my understanding of productivity and my mm. understanding of work because if I am saying I'm employed by my soul I'm about my father's business <laughs> and I am everything that I'm doing is for the healing of the planet mm. then what's work and what isn't because what I've been taught work is is based on what makes you money Mm. But I'm not working for money, I'm working for God and money will be, money, much money will be generated in that yeah. process, much wealth will be generated in that process because mm. it's necessary to build that mm. within the society, it's a necessary tool and resource that I appreciate massively mm. and I value. Um, 
but it um, understanding that when I'm doing when I'm spending time with myself when I'm doing self-care when I'm just like allowing myself to relax and I'm allowing myself to get in tune with my higher self and I'm allowing myself to just really prioritize what my priorities are mm. and stop valuing what is valueless mm. I um, that is work that is work. What work could there be that's more important than that? Because if my work, my idea of work is determined by whether it, how much money it makes per hour, then I, I've made money my master. Mm. Money's not my master. Money serves me. Mm. I serve God. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there is nothing that's bigger than that which is within me, that, that which I serve, and everything comes to me that's needed. Mm. I don't need to chase this thing, I don't need to change myself to reach this thing. This thing is already something that exists within me. Mm. That I, if I can, as I raise my vibration to understanding that I'm worthy of receiving that because of the fact that it's not for me, mm. yeah. because it's bigger than me. Mm. Because this was a big thing that I was learning as well. Like, that it's really important to think bigger than your business. Because if you get too attached to the formation of your business and the way you think your business works and stuff, and it's like, how many, how well is that going for you, bruv? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. how many people really know about what you're doing and how many people are really invested in it and how successful is it really? Yeah. How successful is it really? And if it's not really successful, then why are you, like, according to your soul, yeah. then why are you holding on to it so tightly? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let, it, let it shift and let it change and let it yeah. grow and don't be so rigid about, like, it's a, either a success or a failure according mm. to some external um, ideas of what Textbook of what that means yeah. exactly like what are you actually working for like what are you actually doing your stuff for because everything that you're building if it's not from love it will turn to dust mm. it will turn to dust and then what do you know what I mean it's like yeah. we want to be recognised and we want to be think, acknowledged you know like do you think obviously that's like your angle but yeah. you know when we observe people yeah. Do you think a lot of people are doing or oh, successful in the way we're talking in a mass manifested sense? You mm -hmm. know, it's cash, there's a lot of money mm -hmm. in the bank. Um, do you think they're operating from that love and that bigger duty? Bigger no duty idea. than profit? I have and, no idea. I mean, you know, how are they get? There's no way I could say. Yeah. There's actually no way I could say yeah. because I'm not in their heads and yeah. I don't know. Mm. Um, I don't know the reasons why anyone does what they do, to be mm. honest. Um, but money is definitely a tool and you can definitely, mm. like, you can definitely attract it and use it and um, use it for whatever purposes you choose to. Mm. But if you are aligned with love, you just, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah. You have no stresses. So it's like, you will give whatever it is that you receive. So I'm not, I'm not, sorry, you will receive everything that you give. Mm. Um, on an energetic level, that's just a law. Yeah. So I'm not really, I'm not really concerned with the reasons why anyone does anything, but mm. they're going to carry the burdens of whatever it is that they're mm. giving. Yeah. Whatever it is that the reasons are that they're doing what they're doing, like they're going to carry that, and that's mm. not, it's not my business. Yeah. Um, is there anything right now you'd say, like from 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 your experience and what you've learned? Um, and going forward, what are your sort of like, let's say, two weaknesses that you can maybe continue to work on to improve yourself as an entrepreneur? Or sort of like two weaknesses or so? Um, I haven't had clarity of vision, still is something that is still um, 
being developed yeah. um, and that is weird because I've been what year are we in now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2017 so I started the business eight years ago mm. and I'm only just developing a vision <laughs> for right. what it is that I'm why it is that I'm doing it and it doesn't yeah. need to take that long it really doesn't need to take what, that what long. makes you say it doesn't need to take that long as in I was just it's like we all go through the processes that we need to go through in order to learn the lessons that we need to learn. Mm. But we can also learn lessons from other people's yes. journey. So we don't have to make every mistake. It's mm. like once a mistake's been made, it can be articulated and you can actually learn from that. Some things we just have to go through yeah. because they're necessary for us to teach. Mm. But if it's not necessary for us to teach, we don't need to struggle through it. Right. Yeah. Do you feel what That's I'm saying? Point. So um, I feel like this stuff about business and stuff, as I really get clear on my vision and everything gets manifested, um, it's gonna be extremely powerful. Mm. And I feel like the process I've gone through with unlearning and this now relearning mm. um, is that is just gonna totally, totally revolutionize my life. Mm it's going to help me to totally revolutionise other people's lives yeah. because I'll be able to give people um, everything that I've got from this yeah. process. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm saying it didn't need to take... It needed to take that long, but mm. it doesn't need to take that long. Yeah. It really doesn't need to so take that long. So that's um, weakness one, clarity of vision. <laughs> yeah, clarity of vision. That's, that's a really good one to hear yeah. as well. Um, so what would number two be? Number two... Uh, number two... Weaknesses. Um, oh, not being able to delegate. Not being able Not to trusting that I can delegate. Yeah, so you do, like, basically everything yourself. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. So Developing you are learning from now. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the that's another one of the biggest stages like, of on. like, big, big, unlearning and learning happening yeah. in that area as well. Because before I really felt like I had to do everything myself. Yeah. And. Um, Solopreneur. Yeah, and it's a stressful life, man. It's not the one. Mm. It's not the one. But now it's like developing a shared vision and understanding that it's not your business. It's not your business. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't need to. You don't need to hold on so tightly. That's, like that's a very interesting concept. What you just said there. It's not your business. Like even though <laughs> yeah, you might be the business, one creating it business, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, that's very. That's something to think on. Um, okay. Meditate on that. Yeah, definitely, and just. <laughs> You know, let it process. Um, now, on the flip side, two strengths. Two strengths. That, that you've developed, that you know you're going to carry forward, that you know, yeah, this is what I'm going to apply. Strength one. Um, it is about bravery, mm. um, courage to step out and be seen and risk failing quote unquote yeah um and letting that be letting that be a public thing mm -hmm. like letting people see the journey and letting people see the process and not not hiding yeah not yeah. hiding because it's not always pretty because I, I see i see you dancing sometimes like you you, you film yourself dancing just dancing to a track that you yeah, like I haven't, at home. I haven't planned nothing. I call it Goddess Release. I made right. it called a Goddess Release Challenge. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay, this is how I dance when I'm by myself. Mm. Am I scared of people seeing this? Why? 
Yeah. Like, what is it? What am I trying to project to the world if it's mm. not the truth of who I am? Mm. What am I scared of people judging me for? Like, yeah. I'd rather be my full self and let people judge me however they're going to judge me mm. than not be my full self when people are going to judge me anyway. Yeah. But I can't win in that situation because if, if you don't come as you are, you can't be loved as you are. Mm. You can't be accepted as you are because you haven't accepted yourself as you are. Mm. Otherwise, you would have come as you are. <laughs> mm. I, I put like a thing, uh, whatever it was, you know, this certain words might come to me sometimes I decide to write it mm -hmm. and yeah vulnerability is strength exactly um, so that's strength one what's strength two yeah vulnerability is strength one um, now strength two is I think my ability to see opportunities and bring people together okay um, and my and also my desire to create opportunities for people I think that's a big thing as well. Like I've mm. always liked to, um, like I said with my friends and their music careers, I always like, I've I've hooked up so many people with their careers, man. Like I've been a shadow mover in so many people's yeah. careers, like honestly, yeah. because I just, it's like I see an opportunity for people and I'm like, oh, you need to get connected to this person. You can make this happen with this person. Yeah. You can make this happen with this person. Yeah. The strength that I'm, the way I'm developing that strength now is to now apply that to myself. Right. How you, from going, you know, seeing opportunities where other people can, you know, sort of progress by working with, you know, the right person, how are you then doing it for yourself then? Um, like, how are you able to see your opportunity and then connect yourself? Um, now, it's also, it's a similar thing of, as before with understanding purpose and making it bigger than myself because it felt like when I... It just feels like I, I felt like I was doing everything for myself and mm. so it felt like I hated promoting myself mm. which is also why marketing was such a struggle for me because I hated promoting myself mm. like I'd, I'd feel like even with, when it comes to social media like I'd feel like oh, um, more people should be following me more people should be following me I'm working so hard more people should be following me I swear I'm better than this person I swear yeah. I'm prettier than this person I swear I'm more interested in this person more people should be following mm. me but at the same time, I would never meet someone and be like, hey, you should follow me on Instagram. Yeah. And the reason why is because what of value was I really posting on Instagram? Mm. Like, what was I really trying to get? What was I really feeling like I was, wh why I deserved yeah. people to like, be there? What, what because it's you like, giving? you are giving, you are putting out, you, people are consuming what it is that you're putting out. And mm. I wasn't, I was just trying to impress people. Mm. And so now with just the same thing, the clarity of vision, like getting clear on like, why it is that I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm able to see my worth and my value so much more clearly because I'm seeing okay it's a choice the way that I choose to see myself mm. and if I'm choosing to allow myself to be a vessel for the creative force that created the universe mm. then there's nothing that that can't do which means that there's nothing that I can't do because of that yeah. um, and that means that I can just I can just choose to see everything about myself as perfect mm. and as valuable and as wonderful and as uh, life affirming and like I said like if I'm saying that I want my every single breath to be used for the purposes of healing mm. this planet then 
I now I feel like yeah I want people to hear me speak mm. like yeah. I want people to hear me speak I want people to follow me not because I care about the numbers like I did before not mm. because I need your validation I mm. need your acceptance but just because I've got something to say yeah. and if, if this can benefit your life I want you to have it mm. and so before when I would promote people it's because I could see like oh my friend's amazing you need to hear her mm. I would never say that about myself yeah. like oh I'm amazing you need to hear me mm. but now I'm like I mean that's that's goals that's goals to, yeah. to be like I'm amazing you need to know about me but yeah. um, now I'm like for example with my book I'm like yeah my book needs to be promoted hard because my book is a life changing book mm, I like that and that's bigger than me it's not about me it's about yeah. what channeled through me yeah. that is needed for healing and so people need that and it's like we all have that inside us we mm. all have medicine inside us but we don't give ourselves our own medicine let alone other people to let other people yeah. have it yeah. and it's like stop being selfish bruv mm. stop sitting on your medicine because people need it like yeah. people need your healing mm. so that was number two strength two which was like um seeing opportunities making connections making shizzle happen making it all happen. yeah yeah making shit happen that's, <laughs> that's it that's exactly what it is making shit happen yeah yeah well you know that that was that was great um looking at the time it's a lot longer than i thought it would be is it you've got a lot to give bruh i could keep, i could go for hours <laughs> you're gonna be you know? back <laughs> yeah we'll to, like we there's so much more a different spin different angle that we can just go in on so you're definitely going to be back as long as you want to be back. Of course. You're welcome. I'm going to be doing loads of podcasts. I'm realising that I just need to be, I just need to be sharing. Yeah, definitely. Sharing, 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 because it's just like. I've, like I can't wait to listen back to this because there's points that I know I need to listen back to and be like, wow, okay, yeah. No, it was excellent. Thanks for coming down. Oh, thank you for inviting me, man.